We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the week six edition of the Pro Football Focus Fantasy Show here on Roto Grinders. I am Britt Devine, joined as always by Mr. Fantasy over at PFF, Ian Harditz. Uh, Ian, it's been a, you know, I've had fun this season. It's been fun doing the show with you. It's been fun playing DFS. It's been fun making money. Uh, the COVID's trying to hold us down. We just got a little bit of news on the Patriots here, possibly. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit, but Dude, I'm having a fun season. I'm having fun doing the show. I think our analysis is pretty good. We we do, we got to get these helicopter plays in at the end. We're, we're both missing on them just a little bit. Uh, I think we got a couple good ones this week. Though. It's a it's a funny little system I've schemed up here. My one man uh, helicopter competitions had someone on Twitter <laughs> like this. Ian guy's never right, and I was like, you are correct. I cannot hit a low owned GPP dart to save my life these days, but. I'm feeling good about week six and moving forward, man. Let's do it. Yeah, I was looking before the show. We're both on sort of the, the same things this week. Maybe maybe we're onto something. We'll duke them out to see who gets to take credit on this. But anyway, <laughs> we like to start the show out with Ian's main article. It is the Mismatch Manifesto over at PFF. It is a premium article. He's got a couple new pieces. He's got a whole DFS breakdown over on PFF if you want that. It includes some of his helicopter plays. That is for the low, low price of free 50. So if you want some free content, go get that. Mitch Mess. Mitch Mismash, how many times can I mess that up? Manifesto uh, is behind the paywall at PFI. You can get that for $39.99. Edge subscription, uh, look at explosive plays, EPA, yards before contact, battle in the trenches, all sorts of cool stuff to analyze the DFS slate a little differently than, hey, play Alexander Madison because he's going to touch the ball 400 (laughs) times against the Falcons. Uh, Ian, what do we got for us this week? Let's start off with explosive plays. These can be GPP winners. What are we looking at? Yeah, articles behind the paywall, but if you guys want to just see the charts that I use, you know, to formulate all these ideas and stuff, just check me out on Twitter at iHeart. It's explosive passing offenses this week, really set up for success. Now, remember, it's always just one, each of these are, you know, one part of many of the equation, obviously, but uh, Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins are popping as the two top quarterbacks this week in explosive pass play rate. I would just note very different between these two guys because you look at them and they're both in run first offenses. Their bat passing game is both kind of condensed around two main wide receivers, but 
Kirk Cousins is one of the top quarterbacks in the league right now in deep ball rate. Jared Goff's on the exact other end of the spectrum. So unfortunately, can't get you know as behind Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. I think we couldn't pass years if the volume was still up there. But I think with Cousins, particularly against this uh, Falcons banged up secondary that wasn't even good when they were healthy, uh, this could be a matchup we want to attack. Like you said, everyone's on Madison, but maybe we uh, go a little bit against the grain and go after these wide receivers. Uh, on the other side of thing, Joe Burrow and Jimmy Garoppolo are not set up. The Gar- Garoppolo situation in San Francisco, I mean, you heard uh, Shanahan after the game just talking about not wanting Jimmy G out there while he's having to pass so much and still not 100%. They could be in a run-first offense this week. So I you know, definitely don't pay attention to that, that passing game here. With Burrow, though, this is one of those situations where I think the Colts' early season success kind of set up with some cake matchups. I think they're popping here a little bit uh, fraudulently. You know, credit to them uh, for, you know, shutting down Baker Mayfield and company in the second half, but the first half was looking uh, pretty rough for those guys. And the one thing I would note here is that the Colts, while their pass defense has been doing good this year, they rank 25th in pressure rate. We'll get to that soon. But because of that, that's the kryptonite we got to worry about with Joe Burrow. I don't think the Colts quite have enough to completely shut him down. Yeah, I saw something. I don't know who it was on Twitter. One for 22 is Burrow on, you know, these deep 20 plus yard passes and things like that. So just, uh, and the pressure is what's really getting to him. He's just not, and you got dust AJ Green out there too. Yeah. Maybe we'll have some plays from this game a little bit later on uh, on the Bengals side here. Uh, and you mentioned uh, Kirk Cousins, right? Thielen, uh, he's like the stone cold chalk of the week at wide receiver. People are really buying into that game. So, you know, Madison and Thielen, can they both do good? I think they can. Uh, I think they're going to be chalky for a reason, but I like both of those guys this week. Uh, what else are we looking at in the manifesto over here? Yeah, with the pace, just looking at games that you know could resemble more of a track meet out there. Cardinals and Cowboys are the number one and number two teams in pace. They're playing each other. Uh, I was talking to Dwayne McFarland on the uh, PFF Fantasy Football Podcast this week, and Dwayne's prediction for this game was that this will be the single most plays running a football game in the 2020 season. We will see, but you know that over and under in Cowboys games this year has never uh, been low enough, seemingly so far. Uh, don't mind going back to well there, even without Dak, and then. Uh, really slow games Lions Jaguars and Bears Panthers the Jaguars one's interesting because I collect some of the matchups on that Lions side of the ball but just a good reminder in some of these games if you're really trying to game stack and expect a shootout we do like to have faster paced offenses out there pressure let's talk some defenses maybe we can target here maybe some offenses that might be in a little bit of trouble that could be chalky where are we looking at over there this is probably this and sort of like the offensive line run battle in the trenches, I think was one of the most overlooked things in DFS today. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think I think you're right, right, right on there. And so, yeah, with the pressure, seeing Baker Mayfield, anyone that plays the Steelers, I mean, is going to be, uh, you know, on the top of this chart week after week. So Baker Mayfield, no, no, no exception, even though the Browns' offensive line obviously playing some better ball this year. Daniel Jones and the Giants, man, like that Cowboys matchup was so good last week. And if there was going to be a game from the pop off, I think it was that one. They just can't pro- uh, protect him right now. I mean, Daniel Jones has been under pressure more than any other quarterback this year uh, against going against Chase Young and company. I don't think it's the time uh, to, to, to really expect that to turn around. Uh, Ravens, Lamar Jackson's under pressure. We know he can kind of avoid it, though. Uh, Drew Locke, we'll talk about that game. I don't even think he's going to uh, be doing his thing. And then Joe Flacco, the one person we care about in this New York Jets offense is Jameson Crowder. Other than him, uh, that is it. So those are the guys under trouble. Guys that should have all day to throw, though. Cam Newton, if he's out there. Again, you know, COVID, we'll see. And then uh, Tom Brady, sneakily. I mean, I know Zadarius Smith and uh, Preston Smith. Uh, these are some great edge rushers, but haven't really begun the quarterback quite as consistently this year. You know, we'll see if Goblin can get out there. I know Evans has been a little bit banged up too, but you know, Brady, his arm is not washed. And so this is maybe a situation that uh, would people maybe overlooking what he could do against his Packers secondary. Yeah, I think he needs Godwin back. Uh, I think right before the show, I saw a tweet from someone in the Bucks organization says, 
maybe maybe Godwin's able to come back this week. Well, that's probably going to be something we hear about Saturday night, Sunday morning. Okay. But if Godwin's back, I think Brady uh, could be a, a reasonably strong play in what I believe could be a shootout this week. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things we always talk about uh, defensive, offensive line, pass games, right? That's what we just talked about. Uh, let's hit up the run game. There's a couple big discrepancies this week. Uh, what's standing out to you? Yeah, with the yards before uh, contact, just trying to isolate offensive line play. So the Cardinals always pop, and it's it's more Kyler Murray, especially this year, for why they're popping. I mean, this dude easily leads the league in yards before contact per rush. I mean, you see him out there. This dude's never exactly dragging defenders, but the fact he's able to do everything he can is just is just wild. But, you know, another week, Kenyon Drake, again, projected 15, 20 touches. So luckily he's off the main slate, so we don't have to worry about it this week. But, uh, you know, if you're in season long, you're probably still going to fire him up uh, in this solid matchup. Uh, 49ers run game is set up really well. Expecting them to be, you know, running the ball uh, as much as possible as long as Jimmy G is banged up. And Raheem Mostert uh, has been looking pretty great out there. So I understand, you know, Aaron Donald and company, we saw how he just single-handedly pretty much took over that game last week. But I think the 49ers are a little bit more set up to avoid a complete pit, pit, pitfall, excuse me, like that. Uh, Ravens also set up well, but we don't know what's going on in that backfield. I guess the other uh, backfield I take note of is James Conner uh, with the Steelers. Fourth best uh, run game matchup of the week. When James Conner is out there, we need to treat him as a top 12 RB that he's been for the past pretty much three seasons whenever he has been healthy. So the only uh, bad matchups, Kareem Hunt against the Steelers and Miles Sanders against the Ravens. As we saw with Miles Sanders last week, you know, even when you're in a tough matchup, for getting 15, 20 touches in town and back as, as both Hunt and standards are you'll be able to overcome this type of spot all right let's look at epa2 this is always something did the overs come through last week and they've been killing on these so far this year yeah they went three for they went three and three last week oh. so it was one of the worst weeks we're still at 19 wins 50 percent's the like the worst week that's not too bad exactly not on the season 19 wins eight losses and one tie so i would just say you know because again we're going over this on a friday we were talking before the show a little about how valuable it is to be able to go to the sports book you're able to on monday yeah. before lines move so you know i'm going with you know what the opening lines are and how this is doing so if you see one that's changed by five you know since it's opened up maybe uh uh, stay away there but yeah so just premise of the you know bend the overs here it's just offenses that are both positive on both sides of the ball both offenses have good matchups in the game and we bet the over on that so this week's qualifiers are texans titans falcons vikings lions jaguars packers buccaneers chiefs bills and cardinals cowboys so maybe that you know lions jaguars game we'll see if charks out there we'll see uh you know that, that pace is a little bit problematic, but otherwise I think I do like these uh, other games chances at putting up a ton of points on both sides of the ball. Yeah. All those games, like the stone chalk, by the way, of what's going to be rostered <laughs> in DFS this week, that are going to be the over. So maybe we're, maybe uh, the, the, what we're, what we're starting to roster is catching up to sort of the EPA and the totals and things there we go. like that. But again, that is Ian's article, the mismatch manifesto over on PFF. If you want to check it out, there's that and so much more. Uh, I, I do want to remind you guys uh, real quick, if you're looking for uh, a discount on Roto-Grinders Premium, you know, I'll t- we'll talk ownership. I'll show you some Gridiron IQ stuff throughout here. If you want all the tools, we got $5 off uh, your first month. If you are already a subscriber, unfortunately, you are unable to take advantage of that. But if you are new to Roto-Grinders and you want 5 bucks off your first month, use code PFFRotoGrinders.com slash media slash PFF and uh, input the code and you'll be able to get five bucks off. Uh, All right, let's talk a couple of bets here. You mentioned one of the things I figured out is you got to go to the sports book on Sunday night, right? If you're in one of the, if you're in New Jersey where they have like literally a billion dollars or something of handle online almost now, (laughs) 
look at it Sunday night, right? You can get in on the lines. If you have to go somewhere, that's what I have to do. It's only a 10 minute drive. Thankfully go Monday morning. And if you can just use some common sense and pick out a couple of lines, you can get some really major swings, right? Like I had the Browns plus two and a half last week. And I think they closed as like one point favorites or something like that. It's just, you can get these really massive swings in totals. Uh, I was able to get a couple of those this week as well. So on Monday I went and got the Vikings, right? I got them at minus three on Monday. They're minus four now, now on DraftKings. It's probably my favorite bet of the week. The Falcons are, they're just legitimately horrible in my opinion. And I think the Vikings are pretty good. They nearly beat Seattle in Seattle last week. They almost beat the Titans and the Titans just crushed the bills. We think they're good. Uh, this is just a, a really easy, good team, bad team. The Vikings are at home. This is like a seven-point line to me. Uh, this is probably my favorite uh, of the week. If you want to go on sharp side, right, I got the hat on. Uh, we got uh, like a little streak bet. Get six or more going. Start getting some FanDuel bucks for free. doesn't really cost you anything, too. You just like click a lock bet in. Uh, I locked this one in, so I really like that one. Uh, the other one I got, uh, what, what else? I got the Dolphins earlier, like plus seven. They're like plus nine and a half right now. Still, I mean, it's the Jets. They're just going to roll the Jets. The Jets are horrible. Gase is probably the worst coach in the NFL. That team is probably the worst in the NFL. I just think it's really easy. So those are my two bets. And I'm going to hit you with a couple other ones. I got a Wong teaser. These are always great, right, when you can cross, cross the three and the seven. Generally, that's always a good thing in your sports betting if you're doing teasers. Uh, I had the Ravens and the Dolphins on that. Unfortunately, you can't get that with the Dolphins anymore. You can do the Ravens and the Colts. And even though the Colts are fraudulent, I think the Bengals are also bad too. So I think the Colts will probably win this game. That's what that basically comes to. And then my over um, a 43, right? You In today's economy, an over a 43, Ian? <laughs> Giants, Redskins, right? They're two horrible teams, but 43 is just too low, I think, for any NFL game. I don't care who's playing right now. Uh, so I, I hit the over on that one. So that's where I stand with my bets this week. 43 during a pandemic, no less. Just wild to see, uh, <laughs> wild to see, man. But yeah, went one-on-one of these last week. Got the ja- Panthers, missed the Jaguars. Couple chances for them to kind of get back in it, but whatever. A win is a win, just like a loss is a loss. So uh, moving on this week, you know, I wish I would have been at your position at the Sportsbook Monday morning because if I could have gotten the Cardinals at plus three or whatever they were opening up at, man, I would have done that. Even with this line crossing over and the Cardinals being one-point favorites, it's a situation situation where like Andy Dalton is okay but the best version of Andy Dalton we've ever seen is as pretty much an above average quarterback Kyler Murray is already uh, much more than that we know this Cowboys defense is awful losing Chandler Jones is objectively awful for the Cardinals but I just think this is a situation where the Cardinals are clearly a better football team we usually see like inflated Cowboys games or inflated Cowboys lines we definitely have this year and I I think just the idea that they're going to be they're not going to be you know a 3 and 13 team without Dak or anything like that but the idea that they're still just like very competitive team when they were struggling to be that with Dak uh, I'm, I'm fading any sort of Dalton optimism at the moment and then got a, a money line parlay that I kind of like uh, just with these squads and can bet 100 to win 596 one on one on these this year wouldn't mind throwing the Vikings in in there too I do agree with your assessment on the Falcons just being legit horrible but I like the uh uh, Lions take care of Jaguars. Jaguars defense already sucks. And the amount of injuries they have over there is just truly making them like a JV squad at this point. Steelers over the Browns. You know, Baker Mayfield, his numbers are actually career worst numbers. I think this is a week that he's going to have to throw the ball more than he has before. Not the defense. He'll be playing for that. Uh, Colts are going to roll the Jets. Or, or I'm sorry. No, Colts are playing the uh, 
excuse me, Colts playing the Bengals. They're going to roll them. Uh, Jets are going to get rolled, though, by the Dolphins. Don't worry about that. Uh, uh, Ravens against the Eagles. You know, Wentz actually played his best game of the year last week, but even with that, still, still have plenty of turnovers out there, just not the matchup for him to get back on track. And then finally, Chiefs over Bills, you know, stealing over that loss. Tuesday turnaround uh, for the Bills, not going to be easy, not something we're used to. I think Patrick Mahomes and company, only favored by four points, uh, get it done. Yeah, the big money line parlays, they they work until they don't, right? So the Chiefs, yeah. the Chiefs <laughs> took me out last week. I had a bunch of stuff tied to the Chiefs. They let me down. Uh, so that killed a lot of my parlays. But uh, I do like these. The uh, I like the the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Ravens. The Colts are probably the one fraudulent team, but I still think they win. Um, you know, I, I like all those if you're adding them into parlays this week. Uh, I want to remind everybody, uh, the FanDuel single entry series, it's back, right? So we hate playing against 150 times 500 people who put in 150 lineups sometimes in DFS. If you want a single entry series, we have it back. It is on FanDuel. Uh, it is weeks 6 through 13. It is single entry contest at three different buy-ins, $5, $33, and $100. The top four combined scores count within each buy-in tier over the course of the season, right? So maybe you miss a week, maybe you miss two weeks. That's cool. Just play it every now and then. Your top four scores will count in each buy-in tier. And then the top two finishers in each tier – uh, advanced to a six-man $20,000, um, I guess you can call it, a, it's not a live final, but hey, it's like a little final. Um, it's basically just an add-in from Roto-Grinders. Check it out. It's on FanDuel. Uh, it's a big series. We run it basically every year uh, on a really great thing, uh, partnership we have with FanDuel on that one. So go check that out, everybody. Let's get into the plays of the week now. Uh, it's uh, I think it's it's really shaping up to be uh, I, I guess a little chalky week, uh, you know, from, from what I'm looking at right now. And it's a little bit different of a week because we don't have Russ isn't cooking and Dax hurt. And, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is on the slate, but it's against Tampa Bay. And there's just some of the, you know, there's no Patrick Mahomes on the main slate. There's no Josh Allen on the main slate. We're lacking a little bit. And I think everybody, everyone's playing like the same three or four running backs, at least in cash games. And then that makes everyone else's lineup looks pretty much the same, but let I'm going to start off at quarterback. There, there's two guys I'm really on. That's Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's 5,900 against the Jets. He's definitely going to be the chalkiest play because when you get the $5,900 quarterback coming off a couple of big games, he's got revenge. He's got swag. He's got everything going for him against the Dolphins. It looks really good. I'm a, I'm a, I don't know if I'm worried, but there's ways this game goes sideways really quick and they just don't have to pass the ball. And it's a miles Gaskin game or something like that. So I do like Fitz at 5,900. It makes the rest of your lineup look really sexy. Jets 31st in coverage grade at PFF, fourth lowest adjusted sack rate, third most EPA allowed on pass plays. Uh, You just got everything else. It's just the, hey, if Flacco throws a pick six, if there's a fumble from one of, you know, Frank Gore or something like that, or it's just it's 21 to nothing real early, is Fitzpatrick going to have to chuck the ball? Now it's against the Jets. They might let him because, hey, why not? Um, But he looks pretty good. If you want to spend a little bit more money, I think a little bit safer a play is going to be Deshaun Watson set up against Tennessee. Uh, you know, I like Ryan Tannehill, but the volume just isn't there. I think the volume will be there for Watson. Eventually, he's going to start running. He showed he, you know, he still got it and he has the upside. And I think that game is going to score a ton of points. So Watson, if you have a little bit more money, fits if you need to save money in cash. That's where I'm looking at Ian. 
Yeah, we've seen that with Fitz there. His two best games against the Jaguars and then against the 49ers, like he just didn't have the pass volume. He was just killing it, and they got up quickly and didn't even have to keep their foot on the gas. So uh, that could happen this week. I'm with you. That's why I'm a little bit off him. But he's – you know, I went through every single quarterback. I I had a new article this week, uh, week six, DFS, deep dive. Still talking helicopters. But you know what? If we want these things to start flying, we got to – at least I need to uh, take a bigger look at the whole slate and kind of go through uh, things a little bit tighter. So that's why I really want to do this week. And just going through – uh, quarterbacks by quarterbacks. I kind of got my top five down to Watson, uh, Fitzpatrick, like you said. Tannehill, I, I like too, but just the pass game volume is always kind of a problem. Matthew Stafford, will, will they ever get away from AP? We'll see. Cam Newton, barring COVID, is the guy I want to be uh, lining up there for cash. At 6,500, I think he's a little bit reduced in price just because we haven't seen him out there for a couple of weeks. But before this happened, even with him missing a game now, his 15-game pace in rush attempts at 175 is on pace to shatter his previous career high at 139. So he is their goal line back. He's the engine of an offense implied to you know score a robust 27.5 points uh, this week. Broncos defense lost their stud DT, Darrell Kelk. Darrell Casey uh, to the IR with a bicep injury. This is already a defense that's been banged up really since week one. They lost uh, and, and they lost Von Miller. So definitely not a matchup to fear. And, you know, if he's out there, I- I'm fine going with Cam. Even going uh, with a naked approach and not even stacking them with anybody. I think that's on the table. If you do want to stack, you got Demir Bird there sitting at, I think, 3,500. And that's one of the ways to free up some salary elsewhere. So love Cam if they play. If not, though, you know, take a long look at Stafford. And this will be a little bit more for GPPs, but the big issue with Stafford this year is his, his average target depth hasn't been the same. They haven't been thrown downfield, but they got Kenny Galladay back in week three. We've now seen back to back weeks with his uh, average target depth getting back up in the right spots. And again, you know, just can't say enough bad things about this Jaguars secondary. They are all kinds of banged up. Now the front seven uh, is having an issue. I just think this is a good get right spot for his Lions offense coming off a of bye. Finally healthy, you know, very easy to make. I mean, we know, we know Kenny Galladay is uh, going to be chalky, but going with Stafford, you know, and then throwing in Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson, I think there's ways to get access to this game that will be a little bit more under the radar. Yeah, I've got another – when these bad t- defensive teams lose their starters and they're, <laughs> they're already bad, then they just – they almost crumble. There's another team that's – It doesn't get like better. It doesn't get yeah, better. There's another team, the Panthers, right? They're, they're down a couple of starters too. We'll talk about a couple of players I like on their team this week. Uh, so that's about it at the quarterback position. Uh, let's move over to running back. The chalk there is obviously going to be Alexander Madison. Uh, he had, uh, what was this, tw- you know, 23 opportunities. That's, uh, I count those, rushes plus targets. And Cook, he left at halftime, right? Like right after halftime. Imagine what he's going to do this week against Atlanta. Uh, basically, I-, I see there's almost no way he doesn't get 20 plus opportunities unless the Vulcans, the Vikings fall behind 14 nothing, And even then, right, the Vikings love to run so much. It's just I, I, I almost see him as a, a can't-miss prospect barring injury this week. I would literally play him way over the field. I would have no problem locking him in in tournaments either. I just think he's almost the surest bet to give us production this week at the position. Atlanta's allowing the six most fantasy points to running backs. Minnesota is the fourth highest run percentage in the league, despite being one in four, right? Like that's what really stands out to me. You know what they want. Madison, they've already said it. There's no drop off from Madison to cook. You know, Madison looks pretty good. Uh, I think he's just the clear chalk at the running back position. There's a couple other guys too. You want to talk about David Montgomery. He's going to be chalky. We've got Mike Davis, who CMC, I I don't even know if he's CMC light. He might be just, he might be CMC. And those are going to be the three plays everyone's going to be using. Do you see any reason to really move off of the, the like the chalky running backs and cash just seem like such locks right now 
Yeah. Well, maybe not David Montgomery. We, we saw David Montgomery chalk week last year. It's a little bit different this year uh, in, in terms of the situation, but why don't you talk about Montgomery right now? Yeah, no, I'm fine going back to well here with Montgomery. Over the past two weeks, he's actually been okay because he's been able to find the end zone, and he's gotten targets. He didn't used to get targets, but Tariq Cohen's gone, and Montgomery is now a true 80%-plus snap workhorse. He just had back-to-back pretty tough matchups against the Buccaneers and Colts. I mean, those are two defenses that I think we all know are rough. You know, I'm watching Montgomery out there. I know despite, you know, the yards after contact and his elusive rating being a little bit better, still not someone that we're going to see, you know, put his foot in the ground and pick up a quick uh, 40 uh, down the field. not sure if he has that in his range outcomes but he's still playing pretty good this year overall and it's just the reality of him being a featured workhorse in an offense and now they're going to price him at only 5800 against like again we got the Jaguars and we got the Panthers in terms of the two run defenses we really want to attack week after week as you said Panthers now dealing with additional injuries not expecting that to help matters I think it's a spot where uh, at that price point and that matchup just very hard to uh, get away from and so going through the cash games uh, you know obviously I'm with you I wanted to have Mike Davis in there as well but it was kind of hard to get up uh, at the tight end position uh, with that in mind and be able to get some of the wide receivers I wanted so the one change I would make is going off of uh, Mike Davis just because of pricing and getting down to Jonathan Taylor. I think the stars are aligning for this to be Jonathan Taylor week, man. Everything is opening up for this dude. You just look at what went wrong last week. Anthony Costanzo was out. Well, he's been practicing uh, all week with the rib injury. Jordan Wilkins has always been a thorn in the side. He's dealing with a calf injury and played a season low two snaps uh, the week before. I mean, you look at this uh, just defense they're going up against from the Bengals, already not a unit we're fearing. And you look at them over the past three weeks, all defensive linemen, DJ Reader, Sam Hubbard, Mike Daniels, they're all on IR now. Again, like not a unit we were fearing, now even more banged up. So these are the games we should be targeting. And Taylor, like I know he hasn't been super impressive so far, but this is still one of the more talented backs. The entire draft class has at least 14 touches in every game this year and just really seems like the week uh, he, he can get going and get off. So maybe it's not one of these annoying, you know, 12 carries for 57 yards and a score with two catches for 10 yards type situation. But I want to be there on the week. It works with Jonathan Taylor, not the week after. And to me, this is a spot that everything gets right for him. Yeah. The other guy I think will be reasonably popular is going to be miles Gaskin. <clears throat> you know, I, I think Fitz and Gaskin in the same cash lineup isn't the most horrible thing. Cause you're, you're outside of the two or three defensive touchdowns, but you, Hey, you're going to play the dolphins defense too in cash. Yeah. You're going to get all of the defense, all the touchdowns. Uh, if you, if you do that route, I think in terms of uh, the Miami offense this week, a couple tournament plays, uh, I'm, I'm looking at David Johnson. I know it's like, you got to hold your nose, <laughs> but you know, to find these 80% plus, market share of the touches in a backfield and snaps that nobody rosters it's almost impossible in dfs and we have that this week and david johnson in his first non bill o'brien game 80 percent of the snaps 21 opportunities tennessee tennessee's allowing the most yards before contact in the league i think david johnson can probably benefit from that a little bit he needs to get those extra yards before contact he's involved in the passing game a little and with watson not running as much he can dump it off a little bit more. Now, if he starts running, maybe a couple of those dump offs disappear. But uh, it's basically a hold your nose, play David Johnson, and hopefully finds the end zone and gets 20 touches because if he does that, he's probably going to make GPP value for you. And it's just a little swerve. You get a little bit lower ownership. And some something that's really big in tournaments, I, I look at it, it's the overall total ownership of your lineup. You never want to be too high. You never want to be too low. You want to have a good mix of really high on plays, some mid-tier, and a low-owned player, too. That's what really sort of rises uh, to, the, to the top in, in large field tournaments. I think David Johnson, you throw him in there. You can play a couple other chalky players. 
uh, hold your hold your nose. We we both are on another play. We'll save it for a little bit later in the show um, that we both like at running back too. What do you think about David Johnson? I think it's I think it's fine. He's could have had a much bigger start than this year. I mean, I, I found I tweeted out a video this week, but three different instances where he was wide open, either in the end zone or running away from everyone downfield, and Watson just couldn't put the ball uh, where he needed to put it. So you know, there's a lot of things that go into that, and I understand you know running back downfield targets a little a bit less sticky, but Duke Johnson came back. David Johnson still getting 15 and 25 touches per week. I'm with you at some point, just like David Montgomery. These guys are going to give us a usable week. All right, let's go to wide receiver. A couple of a couple of players. I'll let you start. Who are you looking at in cash at wide receiver this week? Yeah, I like both these lines receivers, but I don't like them together necessarily. Because you know, looking back at last season, we saw Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones combined for 20 receiving scores, but they scored in the same game just twice. I mean, literally every single time Galladay had a dud, and he had four of them. He had fewer than 50 receiving yards with no scores four times. Marvin Jones played in three of those games, and he put up six catches, 101 yards, and a score. Four catches, 43 yards, and two scores. And then the, you know, famous 10 catches, 93 yards, and four-score game he had against the Vikings. So seven touchdowns in three games uh, with Kenny Galladay dudding last season. So, you know, one of my favorite uh, stacks, my article I'm pointing out, is Matthew Stafford, Marvin Jones, and TJ Hawkinson, you know, getting away from that potential uh, Galladay bust. But in terms of cash, it's hard to get away from Galladay. I know he's going to be chalky, but that's okay uh, in, in these cash games. And, you know, seeing him be healthy, he's already scored in both games since he's been back. And true, like, this is no one that can guard him uh, in this Jaguars defense. So, you know, maybe this is one of the games where Jones and Galladay can go off together. If you're making a bunch of Stafford stacks, I'm sure uh, you'll have that in there, but you know, definitely wouldn't be afraid to throw Hawkinson in there. A little nervous about getting Deandre Swift involved. Just, we don't know when he's going to, if and when he's ever really going to take over with AP doing his thing, but Galladay and cash Marvin Jones and GPP. And don't be afraid to mix in Hawkinson with those stacks. You have the stones to play AP in a tournament for 20, 20 rushes and a hundred yards. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't no. think I can do that this week either. Oh uh, yeah. Galladay does look chalky, but if, Hey, if Brandon cooks can do it. Kenny Galladay can do it as well. So look yep. for Galladay to have a big game. I like that one. Uh, the one I'm looking at is, you know, you've got to take advantage when these games play Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever the hell the NFL plays them anymore. The sites don't have the time to adjust the prices. That is AJ Brown this week. He is getting some target competition back. Uh, it looks like Adam Humphreys is going to come back, but it's basically him. It's Janu. They're still going to miss Corey Davis as it looks like as we're recording this, you know, Friday, early afternoon and things like that. Houston's allowed the fifth highest expected points added passing this year. Texans have a 31st and pass rush grade. That's a team total over at PFF. So I like that too. So if he's got some time, he can work the middle of the field. He can go deep. He had a 32% target share last week. Maybe if that goes even down to like 27, 28% at, what is he like 5,400 on DraftKings? He's looking like the stone chalk of the week. There are a couple of good pivots. Uh, like I like Derrick Henry quite a bit in tournaments because everybody's going to be doing that Alexander Madison David Montgomery, two cheap running back type build right after Madison. So you just play up for Derrick Henry. He's your leverage off A.J. Brown. He gives you a little bit of a different lineup build, too, at lower ownership. But I like A.J. Brown cash. Probably would be underweight him in tournaments, specifically if, he, if he's almost approaching 30% ownership. That's basically a go underweight or legitimately fade based off, you know, three years of research I've done looking at millionaire makers and tournaments and things like that. Uh, but, yeah, you can swerve off to Derrick Henry. Uh don't use Henry or John o. Smith either in the same lineup. Those two probably will cannibalize each other. But A.J. Brown and Cash. Tournaments, I got some plays for you, right? So you like David Montgomery. 
I like Allen Robinson for a couple of reasons. He's been, he's a double leverage player, right? So you leverage off Adam Thielen, who's going to be ultra popular, and you leverage off David Montgomery, who's going to be ultra popular. Uh, Carolina is getting absolutely nuked by big name wide receivers every single week. A-Rob gets a bajillion targets every week. I don't see how this fails in my opinion. So A-Rob and a GPP uh, probably wouldn't play him with Montgomery and a nice swerve off Adam Thielen in the same price range. Uh, The other guy I like, uh, Slayton Ray, he worked for us last week. I'm going back to him this week. Still no Sterling Shepard. Saquon's still hurt. He's playing 99% of the snaps this year. Uh, He's your A.J. Brown pivot in my opinion. Everyone's going to be playing A.J. Brown. He's a couple hundred bucks cheaper. I like the over in this game. I think Washington's garbage. Uh, I I think Slayton can have himself a really nice game. And then I got uh, Tyler Boyd. This is, you know, there's a couple things going on here. We got the AJ Green is dust play going on here. And we got the Colts just getting trounced by slot receivers. Um, Braxton Berrios had a good game uh, against the Colts. Jarvis Landry on one hip. He did it last week. Uh, Tyler Boyd, he's going to do it this week. I like him. Uh, not really a pivot off anybody in the price range. Maybe he's your Kenny Galladay pivot. I think he's priced pretty close to him. But those are three GPP receivers uh, I love quite a bit this week. Yeah, only guys I would add to that, uh, LaVisca Chenault at 5,200 if DJ Chark ends up being ruled out. Uh, he's been seeing more targets by the week. Could be in for his biggest role yet uh, with no Chark. Jamison Crowder at 6,100. You know, at some point, only Devontae Adams is averaging more fantasy points per game among all wide receivers than Crowder. I know it's icky, but the guy keeps putting up production. And because it's Jamison Crowder, people continuously don't give him the ownership he probably deserves uh, with you on board. And also, you know, T. Higgins there at 4,700. Same A.J. Green as Dust, uh, you know, mentality and reasoning as before. Uh, do you like uh... – what was I just because I lost I completely lost my train of thought for a second anyway let's uh, let's move on to tight ends and it's a little weird uh you know I've, if you read my millionaire maker article it's for premium members here on Roto Grinders uh, I think something like what the field uses the top three own tight ends every week are busting at the highest rates I have ever seen in the NFL and it's pretty simple because we're using drew sample and adam troutman we're we're playing a bunch of scrubs what did i say last week i said there were all the guys that you could use but i said it's almost a lock that one of like travis kelsey mark andrews darren waller were going to be the dude that wins tournaments it was travis kelsey last week this week all those guys outside of mark andrews they're not on the slate so we can get a little different i still don't know there's a couple really cheap plays i'll talk about them in tournaments but I don't know if like Irv Smith is 2,500 on DraftKings, right? And he ran a bunch of routes for the first time all season last week. Is that going to stick or was that a certain game plan? It, you can legitimately take a zero on something like that. So I'm looking to spend up a little bit. I like John U. Smith. You know, he's a, if it's not Derrick Henry scoring the touchdown in the, from inside the 10, it's John U. Smith scoring the touchdown from inside the 10. Uh, so I like him. Tannehill's so efficient. I think he's really good. Uh, you know, you get away from Adam Gase outside of Kenyon Drake, everyone balls out. Uh, so I, I'm liking him to Janu this week. Uh, I think you can put Janu in cash. I think he's reasonably priced. I would like to get to Mark Andrews, but he's just a little bit too expensive, especially with this Lamar Jackson isn't running. Well, if Lamar Jackson ain't running, he's throwing. And sometimes those throws aren't accurate, but that really helps out Mark Andrews. And they're going to score a bunch of touchdowns like I expect. I do like Andrews quite a bit, but I think Janu is that little nice, guy right in the middle between the the cheap guys that can legitimately give you a zero that so many of us have been playing uh and then mark andrews who's just a little bit too expensive so john and cash if you got it um 
I just don't – I don't think a lot of people are going to be doing that this weekend. Yeah, I'm – you know, if this Patriots game ends up going off the slate and stuff, I'm probably going to have to get down to John because the only reason I'm able to get up to Andrews right now in my cash bill is because I'm stacking Cam Newton with Demir Bird at 3,500. Mm-hmm. So going to be hard otherwise, and I'm with you on uh, John. But, yeah, if you can get up to Mark Andrews, just I, – I think go ahead and do it. This Eagles defense, easily the league's worst against tight ends this year. We saw Kittle go completely off on Sunday night and also saw Higby get that three-touchdown game. Even Logan Thomas. I mean, the Eagles defense was the one that started the entire uh, Logan Thomas and actuation across the whole industry so if you can get up there to mark andrews absolutely love it was getting a, all sorts of uh, shiz on twitter for saying marquise brown is now the ravens number one pass game option yes everyone he is in terms of raw targets but it's fine it's still hollywood and andrews at the top with no one behind them uh going back to well with ngpps with lamar andrews hollywood stacks i love because maybe the rush game usage was a one game blimp and as and to your point if it wasn't then okay he's gonna be throwing the ball more so he's out there and we know he's going to throw the ball to get Andrews and Hollywood in those stacks. And then with GPPs, I'm with you. Irv feels a little bit uh, trappy. He's he's a great player, like truly. Other than Goddard, probably like the single best number two tight end in the league. Just a matter of if we'll get those targets. I think we're going to see more of a run-first attack in a game that I don't think the Falcons are exactly going to force the Vikings to have to keep up. Uh, Darren Fells, if uh, Jordan Akins is out again, uh, makes sense. He's just going to be out there every single snap. And then Eric Ebron, who didn't have a huge game last week, but continues to play 75% plus snaps, getting five, six targets per game. Claypool's not going to score a touchdown, all the touchdowns every single week. I think Ebron will uh, you know, emerge as a pretty consistent red zone threat for them. Yeah, I got to see if Deontay's back too. I mean, that passing game looks to be loaded if everyone's healthy for for Big Ben. So uh, I guess, uh, you know, right, if you're looking in tournaments, you know, we mentioned Irv Smith. If it's just a $2,500 price point and I've, you know, we've seen people, people have taken down tournaments with zeros at tight end because if the highest scoring tight end only gets like 13, you can make that up because you got the quarterback who gets 40 and the running back who gets like 35 and the receiver yeah. who gets 40. Right. So there's ways to overcome it. Um, but I like Irv Smith. You mentioned Fells. It does look like uh, Jordan Akins is somewhat unlikely to, play this week and we've seen fells he's probably not gonna rumble what was that like a 40 yard or something like that? it was on busted coverage yeah that's yeah. not darren <laughs> not darren fells game but he's gonna get some targets and if you're a live body who you know i, I could predict darren fells for more targets than her smith i think pretty easily oh, yeah. he's not that much more expensive he's someone I, I could look at and then we've got if uh on the colts right if mo alley cox is out it's looking like he might miss the game Trey Burton, he's running routes, uh, still played under 50% of the snaps this week, but, you know, joining the dust team, it looks to be Jack Doyle. And if Mo Ali Cox isn't around, who else are they going to throw to? Uh, Trey Burton, Phillip Rivers has always liked this tight end with Hunter Henry. I think there's a little bit of a connection there. Got to see how that injury situation plays out at tight end. Uh, moving on to the defense, I'm pretty sure the chalk defense is going to be the Dolphins or just 2,900. I wish the I wish DraftKings would have made them like 35 or 36 because any anyone going against the Jets just automatically deserves to be the chalk defense. I think when Sam Darnold comes back, maybe it's a little different. We got Perryman back, maybe the offense can do a little bit of something. But uh, it looks like the Dolphins are going to be the chalk. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna whisper right, even though I like the over in the Giants game. Giants in a GPP, they're they're cheaper. They, you know, you Kyle, Kyle Allen, horrible, right? Uh, and then we saw Alex Smith was, you know, somehow Allen doesn't play again. Uh, Alex Smith was not able to do basically anything last week. And the Giants defense, it's not bad. They've been yep. pretty good against the pass. They've been pretty good against the run. 
I think there's ways that their defense is able to have a pretty good game. It looks like currently they're projected to be lower owned. We always like cheap defenses and DFS and you're playing the Redskins. Uh, I think the Giants ownership is good. I think we're at like two or 3%. That's going to creep up higher by the time Sunday comes around, but they're sort of my uh, lower own defense I'm on this weekend. It's amazing what a great number one corner can uh, do for a defense. We're seeing that with James Bradbury with the Giants. And then we saw, you know, the Dolphins take a big step forward last week uh, once they got Byron Jones uh, back in action. So defense I'm looking at certainly doesn't have a, a big time number one cornerback, but it is the Minnesota Vikings. We saw them shut down Russ and company for 30 entire minutes. And that's a lot more time than pretty much anyone else has contained them this year. So only 2,300 at home against the Falcons. It's the easiest stack possible with Madison, and it's helping you, you know, at the slow price point, just 2300 uh, to fit in some of these other guys. And you know what? Like, if it doesn't sound like Julio is particularly in, uh, imminent to get back, we'll see. If he is out there, maybe that changes things a little bit. But I just think that the Falcons offense, has looked lost. I mean, I, I understand Dan Quinn is out of the picture now. And, you know, one of the reasons why I didn't want to put uh, the Vikings in my teaser, at least I was a little bit hesitant to, it's just this idea we saw with the Texans last week. I mean, you kind of lose the the unpopular head coach, you know, you kind of see a team rally around it if you want to go down that storyline or whatever. So, you know, but at 2300 I just think it's a cheap enough price point that really helps the rest of your roster. And, I mean, it's a defense that, again, has been playing a little bit better as the weeks have gone on. We know they're well coached. They at least have some blue chip players in there i think uh going to that lower price point is uh is doable this week that gets me derrick henry in my lineup right uh, give me give me give there me we that. go i like there derrick go. henry to have a big tournament week this week uh all right it's the portion of the show everyone tunes in for the the problem ian this week dude we're on so we're on the same place i didn't even look at yours before i wrote mine in uh so let's talk about uh well actually i'll let you kind of run through your whole segment here and i'll give a couple of my thoughts on my guy see if i can come up with something else uh, this is the helicopter play segment. Tell the people what these are. We get so many new listeners every single week. Uh, what are the, what are the helicopter plays that doing for us? Yeah, Fitzpatrick, you know, again, these projecting ownerships with the different sites is different. As amazing as Roto-Grinders is, and, you know, the classy industry, I get it. But he's coming in under 5%, uh, and th- that is our rule. You know, sub-5% ownership and can't have a top five price tag at the position. As you said, you know, in these rosters that we're trying to take down the tournaments, you know, you want one or two of these kind of against-the-grain guys. So those are the guys we're looking for here. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, mentioned uh, this matchup against the Jets, where seemingly the only thing that's going to stop him is if the, if the Dolphins build two big of a lead well if that happens still touchdowns are going to be coming there so i think fitzpatrick with gaskin with jordan howard now a healthy scratch gaskin's getting the uh the goal line work as well gaskin parker and fitzpatrick stacks i think make a lot of sense uh this week miles sanders uh we saw last week opportunity beats matchup in fantasy football land now i was kicking myself for leaving sanders off this list last week i went with four finalists instead of five and i said you know what sanders against the steelers can't do it it only he only had the one run and other than that he couldn't do anything he had the long run i hate when we critique guys and say oh you take away the one play he made that big play <laughs> a lesser player would not have made that big play it's another tough matchup against the ravens but when we have any running back with this massive of a workload going even somewhat under the radar if they're a half decent player like miles sanders is i think we gotta uh, be willing to go back on that and then joe mixon uh is someone that we're both on with this Bengals team i think the colts are a little bit fraudulent 
especially if their stud linebacker Darius Leonard remains out with this groin injury. I mean, this is truly one of the league's uh, more game-changing talents, I think, on defense, regardless of the position. And we saw last week, you know, kind of how uh, they just couldn't st- slow on the Browns for the first 30 minutes of the game. Kareem Hunt, even Dearness Johnson at the end of the game, but we're having some big-time rushing lanes. So, uh, Mixon, it remains to be seen. I know he's getting all the targets lately, and that's great. I've had a you know, uh, Dwayne McFarlane and some good people on the podcast note that his snaps haven't been all that different in two-minute mode. Uh, so, you know, maybe he's probably not going to be getting six, seven targets per week, but that's okay. If we're getting 20-plus rush attempts and even just three or four targets, we can live with that. He can make the most of it. Uh, Tyler Boyd, again, great I think underrated matchup. We're freaking out about the Colts a little bit. We'll see. It sounds like AJ Green, the hamstring injury isn't as bad, even if he is out there. I mean, Tyler Boyd, I think at this point we can see is the number one pass game option with the Bengals. And then finally, last one is going to be Odell Beckham. So, you know, I know he had this illness uh, earlier in the week and hopefully it's not COVID. It's just, you know, normal flu, but he remains just a high end boom candidate every single week. And we saw what happened against the Cowboys. Colts took a little bit of a step back, but the, Browns just didn't need to keep their foot on the gas and try to throw the ball. So Steelers defense, that is very good. They get a lot of pressure, but, you know, we saw Darius Slayton go for 100-plus and two touchdowns in week one. They could not come close to covering something named Travis Fulgham last week. Not to hate on Travis. He's been playing some good ball uh, lately. But this is Odell Beckham against the secondary. We've seen struggle against some opposing wide receiver ones so far. And the fact that he's just, you know, flying under the radar and not kind of being treated as this candidate that can truly take down a tournament almost by himself if things go right i think we gotta continue going back to well with obj in situations like this where the public is not on them yeah steelers are crushing everything underneath but you are able to beat them deep so far this year i just want to reiterate my two guys it was tyler boyd and it was joe mixon you obviously don't want to play (laughs) these guys in the same lineup in my opinion but boyd i made my case earlier and the wide receiver stuff the slot wide receivers are just crushing the colt or are crushing the colts and then joe mixon i want to point this the geo bernard experiment it's over, right? Like Vince Carter, it's over. Back to back 31 and 32 opportunity games for Joe Mixon. This is unheard of usage and nobody is talking about him in DFS. It is unheard of to see guys touching the ball 30 plus times at the running back position and nobody wants to roster him. Uh, you mentioned Darius Leonard. He DNP'd Wednesday. He DNP'd Thursday. I checked Twitter. It ain't out yet. So if he DNP's Friday, all systems go for Joe Mixon. Don't mix those two together. But I think one of those two is going to have a monster game against the Colts. So I am with you on that one. Uh, put, put one of them in your helicopter playing. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you to go ahead and do that. <laughs> I like week. it. All right. We're going to about do it for week six. Uh, note to everybody, I am gone. It is my 40th birthday on Sunday. I will not be here. The wife, she's the Disney fan. She's like, you need to go on vacation for your birthday. So we're going to go hang out with Mickey and Minnie next week. I will not be here, but the show will go on. I don't know who's going to be hosting, but Ian will be back here with his helicopter plays and the manifesto. Uh, And then I will make my triumphant return for week eight on the PFF show. Uh, That's all I got for you this week, Ian. It's been a blast like it is every week. Thanks to everybody for watching not only this show, but every show here at Roto-Grinders. We really appreciate it. And with that, uh, thanks to everybody for watching and we out you. 